0: Oh, today's story is one that I've been so excited to talk about. Uh, This is a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure, and there is no doubt this is one of those examples. So our guest today is Carl Miller. Carl is a realtor, a small business owner, and a family man, and he is one of the most ambitious people that I know. Every time I talk to Carl, it seems like he's got something new and something big going on. He has most definitely earned his success through hard work and an incredible abundance mindset. A couple of years ago, Carl reaped the rewards from years of planning by taking two and a half months off from his work and his business to travel around the United States by RV with his family. And today we're going to hear about that adventure. Carl, welcome to the campfire.
1: Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me on your, on your show.
0: Yeah, man. I'm so excited to hear more about the trip and the adventure and, and honestly, all the planning that went into it. Hey, if if we just can give a little bit of context for the people listening, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your business and your family and what, and what day-to-day life looks like for Carl Miller? Oh sure, sure. So
1: yeah, as you mentioned, I am a real estate professional. I've actually got a, a small independent brokerage in Lynchburg, Virginia. We have about uh, ten agents in our office. We're an independent brokerage, and you know we got four staff members. And honestly, my staff make me look really good. They're the, they're the heroes in my in my story. That's for sure. I've got good people on on our team and our little office here. But uh, yeah, I'm married. I've got a wife. Uh, we we'll actually in October of 2021, it'll be 20 years. Oh, and, wow, congrats. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Next, next week, actually, as we're recording this right now. So uh, we'll celebrate with a little trip down to Aruba. So that'll be fun. And I've got two two teenagers. I've got a 16-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, we're helping people get with their housing dreams every week in the office and then uh, having fun as much as we can, you know, outside of that with our family. Yeah,
0: man. So, so two teenagers, family, and a very, very busy lifestyle. Like. How in the world do you take two and a half months off from what you have going on to, to do something like this?
1: Yeah, you know, it all kind of started uh, with a little bit of a dream, and I, I have to go back. So I'm going go to take, take you back to 2009, and I'm going to go even back further than that. I grew up on a dairy farm in Campbell County, and so if any of you listeners know anything about farming and agriculture, especially dairy farming, like there, there's no breaks. Those cows need to be milked twice a day, no matter if you feel like it or not, or if it's a Sunday or if it's a holiday, it doesn't matter. And um, so... Kind of grew up in that mindset of you just did what you had to do, you know, and I'm the oldest of five children. So uh, a lot of the uh, of farm work kind of came on my shoulders. But my dad talked about that someday, you know, it's always a sub day. I'm going to take a trip route west and we're going to go as a family and go to go out west. Well, being a dairy farmer and, and not really having outside help, it was just the family uh, that trip never happened. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember talking yeah. to my wife after I got married, Look, like, you know, my dad always talked about this. I really want to do it with our kids. Just create this experience, you know, and these memories. And fortunately, both my wife and myself, we, we'd like to travel. We, we sort of have a little bit of an adventurous side and go experience new things. And so when, when my kids were, when our kids were two and four, we, we talked about, you know, if we're going to do this, we should just, you know, set a family goal, make this happen. So that was in 2009. And we just set a goal. Hey, let's, in 2019, why don't we just take off for the summer and just, you know, our kids will be, you know, 12 and 14, 13 and 11, and uh, they'll be old enough to remember it and maybe still young enough to not think that mom or dad are, you know, too uncool to hang out with. And uh, <laughs> so we just kind of set that as a goal in 2009.
0: Man, this was a 10 year goal.
1: Yeah. And uh, obviously it becomes a bit of a cost factor. And, and just so you know, in 2009, I was, I was fairly new in the real estate business and we were somewhat living commission check to commission check. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just started out. It's like, well, if we just start somewhere, let's just throw a dollar a day into a jar. Let's just put $7 a week into a cash jar, Wow, just saving for this trip. And uh, so literally that's kind of where it started. We, every week I would just literally you know, wad up $7 and toss it in this little clay jar that we had in our bedroom. And, uh, and eventually some weeks I'd throw a 10 in there and some weeks I would throw a 20 in there. I think about two years later, we, we kind of got rid of the cash and I just made it an automatic withdrawal out of our savings account. It was $20 a week, just automatically came out from our checking into a dedicated savings account for this
0: trip. Carl, it's amazing because, you know, I think most people would, would just be like, what what's a dollar a day going to do? Mm. But man, I mean, 10 years ago, you started putting a dollar a day into a jar and 2009, you guys actually took this trip. Yeah,
1: 2019. Yeah. 2019. So 10, 10, yeah, 10, yeah, yeah, 10, 10 yeah. years later, 10 years 10 later. later. And it was about, it was probably about 2016 or so. I You know, I kind of knew we had, you know, we had, uh, I don't know how much we had in there. Maybe, maybe about... Trying to remember how much we had, it, it was it was up there, It was into the low twenties by then, twenty thousand dollars saved up. But I, I told Alice, I want to go on this trip, and I want to not stress about money. I want to know that the household expenses will be paid for for two and a half months. I want to know that the office staff will be paid for if the office doesn't sell a single house while I'm gone. You know, my employees will be paid, and I don't have to stress one bit about money. And then I also decided, you know, kind of had it back in my mind. Let's let's buy an RV and then just resell it, you know, at the end of the trip. So I got a little bit more serious about saving. So we literally, I would literally take every single commission check and I would just put some money from that check into a dedicated savings account. And I got real serious for the last three years, just really ramping those dollars up. And you know, if you have a goal and you're shooting for something and you're focused on that goal, and it's you know it's something that you're thinking about every day. It's in front of you. It's it's a goal that's in writing and it's in front of you. You know we had pictures of you know just different cool stuff that was in front of me. If there wasn't a week went by in 17, 18, 19. I don't think that or 16, 17, 18. That I didn't think about you know the summer of 2019 how we're going to take off. And uh, you know if you've got a goal in mind and you're really shooting for it, like you, you know you you kind of find ways. Um, in the real estate business, we also have the opportunity sometimes to send referrals like, you know, Scott, you can you can have a buyer uh, in Charlotte that you're sending to Lynchburg and you can contact me with their name and number and I'll close that deal out and I'll send you a little, a little thank you referral check. Well, yeah. I started collecting all the referral checks and just putting them in that fund as well. So I didn't cash those out and for personal use or business use, I just put them into that savings account. Yeah. So by the time we left, um, I had, I had over a hundred thousand dollars in that account and we had already bought the RV. So, you know, so the goal was just to go. And, and it was so freeing because financially I didn't have to stress about money. You know, we, we got to Arizona and I was like, let's, let's do a helicopter tour of the grand Canyon, you know? And it wasn't even a second thought. Now that's, that's an expensive endeavor, but you know, we just, Threw the money down and went. And it was, and it was so I,
0: much fun. I'm, I'm getting chills listening to you, honestly. I mean, you're talking about starting with a goal of putting a dollar a day into mm-hmm. a jar, and 10 years later, you got $100,000 saved up and you've purchased an RV to go on this unbelievable trip. Like, this is just the power of setting a goal and, and getting after it just bit by bit, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And, and, and don't forget time, right? So, financial goals, I mean, it's pretty amazing if you're really dedicated and focused on a financial goal, and you just are consistent with it, just how that could compound over time. And like I said, you kind of find ways, right? So when you're focused on that one thing, like, you know, a $2,000 check comes in from a referral fee and it'd been pretty easy to spend that or, or, you know, throw it into some sort of business expenditure. But instead of that, I mean, I would just pay the taxes on it and throw it into, I would, I would save enough to pay the taxes on that income, but then I would just throw the, I would throw the whole balance in the savings account. And, you know if it if needed I would pull a portion out for taxes but I, I honestly didn't pull anything out the whole time we did not touch it and so I just absorbed the taxes and just kept saving that money
0: it's amazing you you were committed to that goal and you said yeah. the, and the compounding effect as well and yeah. you know actually I mean stock market did pretty darn well from 2009 until 2019 didn't it
1: it did but honestly I just kept in a liquid account it, I was earning maybe you know a point half a point of interest yeah. you know so
0: Man, it's really amazing. All right. So I want to come back to this. I definitely want to come back to the RV. Okay. Um, but can we talk a little bit about the just the trip itself? Can you give us sure. kind of an overview of the trip?
1: Sure. Yeah. So we left. uh, We literally left the day after the kids got out of school. Um, They checked out of school uh, May 30th that year. We jumped in the car 31st, I guess. We jumped in on June 1st. We left the morning of June 1st. We stopped by my sister and I had a nephew that graduated high school, spent the night in Pennsylvania, spent the night with them. Uh, We had a little misadventure. Let me give you an overview of the trip and then I'll yeah, go back to this misadventure. So so from there we went and visited my wife's family in Iowa. My wife's from Iowa. We spent about four or five days with her family, stopped in and visited her grandmother, who was not doing very well in Northern Iowa. Um, and glad we did because she passed away later on that trip mm, wow. when we were in California and my wife actually flew back to go to that funeral uh while we uh, while we were parked in uh, yeah. I, i'm sorry i say california colorado yeah. and it worked out perfectly it was good timing my kids were scheduled to be in a camp that week that my wife and i had met with so we'd planned my wife and i were planning on doing some side trips and and the kids were going to be at camp in colorado long story short she flew back for that funeral so i'm really happy we got to see grand, great grandma youngerman one last time yeah, before she yeah, passed away. A- from there we uh we went to south dakota spent some time in the badlands uh from there we went up to montana spent some time in Um, I'm skipping something. We went to, um, we saw the uh, Black Hills in North Dakota or South Dakota, I should say. And uh, what's the- uh, the Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, man. Yeah. Devil's Tower, we stopped in there. Uh, Went to Glacier, Glacier National Park. And we spent some time there, spent some time in Yellowstone. And then we visited some friends in Utah and Oregon and uh, spent some time there for a few days. Uh, Oregon was a lot of fun. That's in Northern um, Utah and uh, Oregon, near in that area, Antelope, Oregon, there's a whole documentary about that, but the camp that uh, the, uh, what's it called, the Wild, not the Wild West, but the, um, yeah, the Wild West, I believe it's called, it was this, uh, anyway, there's this compound out there. We spent some time with friends who now work at that camp where this crazy movie was made. From there, we went out to Washington and we spent time in Olympic National Park. We followed the Route 1 coast down along, all the way down into uh, California. spent some time coming down through there, and then we were in Yosemite for week
0: wow. from, there,
1: from there we had to uh the sequoia national park and king's island or uh, king's uh, not king's island king's um canyon mm-hmm. and then from there to grand canyon and then to antelope uh antelope uh, not Antelope, I'm sorry. Oh man, I'm drawing blanks. I should have pulled my no, map out. Itinerary. Man. From there, we went north into uh, into uh, Page and we're, we're the, uh, where the Lake Powell is. And, and then yep. Utah, Moab, Utah. We went back to Utah. Moab spent time there. And then um, ended up in Colorado for about 10 days, ended up at Rocky Mountain National Park. And so that's kind of an overview from there. We deadheaded back to Iowa and then from Iowa back to Virginia.
0: That's so, that's amazing. So, and, and, and I do have to throw in there yeah. that. This was complete um, happenstance, but my family uh, and I happened to be at Glacier National Park as you were rolling through, and we had an opportunity to hook up with you, and that was pretty darn cool.
1: That was awesome. We actually heard you were coming and we, we spent the next, we were planning on leaving the day you arrived, but we uh, we extended our trip. And this is a funny story. Uh, so my son and I, we, we had spent the day up at Lake McDowell in, uh, in Glacier. And while we were out there, we did the little boat ride tour out there on that lake, beautiful lake. And, you know, this anyway. So while we were there, I'm looking up and, and I asked the guy like, what mountain is that? There's a tower up there. He's like, yeah, that's Brown Mountain. So Josh and I, who was, my son, by the way, was 13. So Josh and I decided to go climb Brown mountain, which is about 8,000, 8,500 foot mountain, but it's straight up, it's like a five mile trip. So. We go up there, and so we leave at like five o'clock in the morning, and my wife is going to extend our stay one day. Well, the campground host was not happy about this extension, and she got so mad at my wife. I came. Next thing I know, I'm up on top of Brown Mountain. We're actually coming down, and it's cool. We're seeing sheep. and We're hanging out at the tower. It's snowing up. It's snow up there. It's cold, blowing like crazy. Josh and I are hiking down as fast as we can, just trying to get warmed up. We're freezing. I mean, we had like three or four layers on but It was just cold. And I get this call from my wife. She's in tears, and she's like, I can't. Can't believe we got this campground host is chewing me out. I gotta move the RV and I can't do it. And I told her I can't do it. And this host was being incredibly rude and demanding of my poor wife. And she didn't move the RV. It was kind of a hassle to, you know, 40-foot yeah. RV. It was a big RV. But anyway, funny little story. So I had to come down and sort of calm the campground host down and my wife down. In the meantime, they worked out some other solution, but somebody was trying to come into our spot and it was it was kind of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the drama that
0: goes on on an RV trip.
1: Yeah, the only that was actually the only rude host we had the whole trip. I mean, she was she was not very happy.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, glad you got through that one. You know, um, you kind of walk through that itinerary, and I'm yeah. hearing a lot of national parks, a yeah. lot of beautiful spots. I'm not hearing a whole lot of cities. Uh, no. It was a nature trip, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was all it was all national park. We went to 13 different national parks and one of the best things we did is we purchased the annual park pass mm-hmm. um, every, and so, you know, you go to Devil's Tower, you go to Yosemite, you go to um, Yellowstone, you just flash the little pass and it was, I think, was it 40 bucks maybe? Or maybe, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that much, maybe it was $80. Yeah. It gets you into all the national parks. It's good for a year. That was like the best investment because otherwise you're paying, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you're going to go to multiple national parks. So Carl, I got to ask you, you know, I mean, boy, 2009, you start putting money away. You're, yeah. I mean, this is a big goal. You're saving a bunch of money. There obviously was passion behind this trip. What, what called you to, I mean, you could have spent that money on a lot of things, right? right. What called you out to the woods? What called you to take this RV trip?
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, like I said, I, I'm a little bit of an adventurer, and my wife kind of is too. Actually, we met at a camp in Colorado. We met at uh, Eagle Lake Camp with the Navigators Ministries in Colorado. My wife and I did, and I was working as a as a counselor living in tents, and my wife was the camp nurse. So we both kind of have a bend for outdoor outdoor adventures and camping and hiking and all of that. We did a lot of backpacking back in the day um, before we had kids, and and uh, so I think that one of the things that you know, when you get out in nature and you kind of get away from the the busyness, if you will, of life and you get in with uh, just just, you know, hearing the the night sounds and, and and the sounds of nature. And again, we're in an RV, so it's kind of glamping in a way. But <laughs> glamping, there's, there's just something really cool about uh, kind of getting away from a busy schedule and just being able to chill and relax. And I think um, for us, we wanted to give our kids that experience and just give our kids the uh just an opportunity to spend time together as a family, you know, and just to, just to hang out. And uh, one of the things we did is we tried to always relax where we went. So I, I, I rattled off a lot of national parks in that itinerary, but we always spent at least two nights every place we stopped with the exception of a few places yep. we were deadheading. Like, like, for example, when we were deadheading from uh, Oregon down to, california to yosemite we only had one night you know at a couple of those spots but we always spent we always spent two nights minimum usually um there was a few exceptions but uh that way you could just set up and relax and just chill out and if you're tired from traveling you know you just chill out the next day it's really easy and fun and go for a little hike and
0: yeah carl you're like you i said in the beginning but you're one of the most ambitious people that i know like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: how does carl miller relax
1: so my wife, I learned that from my wife, actually. This is, this is also pretty funny. Like when we went, we, we stayed stateside for our honeymoon. We went to Charleston, South Carolina. And so I'm thinking, okay, every day we've got all this stuff I want to do. I wife's like, I just want to sit on the beach and read a book. And that was the first time like, oh, not everybody wants to go do, you know, a thousand things every day when you're on vacation. And, uh, and I've had to learn that. My wife has really taught me how to slow down and relax and just sort of sit and enjoy. Her favorite place to go for a wet week is just go down to the Outer Banks in North Carolina and yeah. literally sit on the beach there's not a whole lot of distractions and just you know read a book on the beach and listen to the waves yeah. so I've, I've learned how to slow down a little bit and just relax and calm down and pick up a book and do nothing while i'm on vacation yeah i and mean that, i got that from her
0: I, I, i'm a fellow realtor of course as you know that's how we've gotten to know each other but like what why is it so hard for us to relax carl
1: yeah, I, that's that's a good question. I think I think we like to feel like we're important if you stay plugged in and you're glued to your phone. But that's the other thing. I did. I did not take my phone with me. I left my phone with my office staff. So um, I was just point. Really, yeah, yeah. I was just really determined not to take work with me. So I left my cell phone. I, now I got a little burner phone. I had a SIM card. I swapped out with just a little crappy temp phone. And actually, I left that phone, which was my phone number, with with uh, Nicole, my office staff. And the trip, I would check in on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock Eastern. I would check in every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. And sometimes it was a quick 10-minute call. And I never got involved with any of my clients. It was just more, hey, what are your challenges? What's going well? How can I help you? That was really the only thing I wanted to answer. And I was not going to get in the weeds with any specific situation, but just how can I help advise my staff and empower them to do the job? And so, uh, yeah, so I had a little, I had my phone. So I had, you know, Spotify and Waze and all my podcasts and everything that I listened to. But the phone, any text or call was going into Nicole.
0: That's huge for a real Mm -hmm. estate broker to turn their phone off for two and a half months. Yeah. And that's, you know, I I know this, right? That this is not something that you just do, right? There's a lot of planning that goes into this. Yeah. So I want to just, I want to go back like, in in this kind of decision making process you're putting a dollar a day into the jar you're putting your commission checks into the jar like at what point did it become real for you like i mean when you were putting those dollars in the jar like were you sure this was was going to happen or was this just like talk, talk talk to me about that
1: yeah so i think probably the first time it became really real was in february of 2018 when we bought the RV and I bought it at an auction. It was my brother works for an auction company, and it was a little bit of a fixer. It was a two thousand four Monaco Diplomat had like, oh, I can't remember thirty thousand miles on it, but it had it needed it needed a lot of love. It was a big old Cummins diesel, it was a forty foot big old diesel pusher. I was going to get one that big. But um, I was like, man, this, these things are pretty decent. So I bought this RV and I paid like $32,000 after the commission's on it. And uh, But it needed work. It, the floor had kind of been, there was a leak that had happened in the kitchen. So we had to replace all the floor, had to replace some kitchen pieces. And then, you know, you start uncovering more and more problems. And we took it on a couple of trips uh, just to get it tested out, broke it in. Every time we go on trips, something else would come up. And it was just constantly little improvements. I ended up taking it down to Florida in the winter of 2018 because of the slide outs needed some reinforcement. Work done. Got all that done. I ended up putting about twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars into it before we even left for the trip. So,
0: so is uh, so I'm asking a realtor. Is fixing up an RV kind of like fixing up a house?
1: Um, Probably probably worse. because okay. I mean, with the house, at least I know what I'm getting into, or at least I think I do. Listen okay. here, like there's so many components in electronics and I mean, everything from the generator not starting and it was a wiring issue to the refrigerator door falling off. Literally, it was, we're driving down the road, the floor. I mean, you know, my daughter opens up the fridge, make a sandwich and the door just falls off. And, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm figuring out how to MacGyver things together. I mean, that, you know, you you'd look at the little parts and, you know, we'd literally go to Ace Hardware and I'm pulling out something similar with screws and Drilling new holes and you know, re re retrofitting this thing to piece it together so. You know, the one, the Jack uh, motor went out on one of the downrigger Jacks when we were in Montana, I believe. And, you know, I, I just happened to go to a car dealership and I brought the little, um, the little solenoid in. It was a solenoid that was, buying, the whole thing was just smoking out. And he's like, man, yeah. that's a Ford. That's 1980. Like this guy knew 1982 Ford. And he goes back and gets the solenoid and <laughs> I wired it back in. And next thing in our Jacks are working again. So there was just a lot of YouTube becomes your friend when you have a big RV. Let me tell me you, too. YouTube. And then also the Facebook page of Monica. Owners bailed me out more than I can say. Like I would just post a question and they would be like, "Yeah, here's what you do." So, really good group of community community with specific RV models. So if you get an RV, join the Facebook group because they are they will become your best friend.
0: Carl, I said you're ambitious. I said you have an abundance mindset. I forgot about resourceful. I mean <laughs> <laughs> MacGyver man. Like and and I suspect that for you. Um, that was part of the adventure, like
1: rebuilding this
0: RV was fun and (laughs) was part of the adventure. Did you, did you have any experience before you bought the RV?
1: Uh, no, not really, I man. Obviously when you grow up on a farm, you know, you, you kind of are resourceful, you know, yeah. so a lot of this stuff like I kind of learned from my dad and I am not mechanically minded at all. I don't mind getting my hands dirty, but no, a lot of it, if I kind of have it laid out in front of me, you know, I can figure it out, but it's not something yeah. that I enjoy naturally. But when you're out on the road and you're, this is your only option, you figure it out, you know, you just so, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. had a toolbox, so, bought a drill, you know, you do all that stuff. had a cordless.
0: So I, I got to point out, You have you were putting money into a jar from 2009. You said it became real when you bought the RV. Yeah, 2018,
1: February of 18. Yeah, February. So essentially,
0: for nine years, you were putting money away, and like this thing wasn't really real yet. You were just putting money away, like yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe 16 or 17 when I kind of started to calculate, look, if we're going to pull this off and I really don't want to have any stress about money, then I need to have, you know, substantial amount in savings. Yeah. And, uh, so at that point I started just to throw, you know, several hundred dollars uh, with every commission check just to build that fund up a little faster. And like I said, I was getting more serious about referral checks. So anytime I had a little extra, I would just start in that thing. So I think maybe about 17 is when I was like, okay, this is really happening in two years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still, I think that the amount of time that you put, you were just sort of trusting that this thing was like, Mm -hmm. something was going to happen. Maybe you know exactly how it was going to unfold, but you were just kind of going along with it. And it was, it wasn't, you know, eight, nine years before it became real for you. So once, once you made up your mind, once you bought that RV, you knew you were going, you (laughs) had like basically a year to prepare your team, prepare your business, like what all had to happen from that point, once you made up your mind, like what did you have to do to make sure that you could go away for two and a half months?
1: Yeah. So before the so in 2019, kind of rolled around January, uh, my staff and I, we got pretty serious about just making sure we had systems and processes. I wanted to empower them. Um, about April, I started to let all of my clients know that I was going to be out June 1st, but they were in good hands. And i worked really hard to just generate a lot of leads. You know how it is in the real estate business. You're sort of the leads you generate today kind of translate into closed deals and, you know, two to six months down the road. And so I had a lot of deals in the pipeline, but they weren't ready to list until June or July. And Nicole did a great job of taking all of those clients and converting them into actual listings. And I think they sold a number of properties. You know well They did sell a number of properties while I was gone. And fortunately, you know, the, the business was able to cash flow while I was out.
0: That's amazing. So you were gone and your team kept things running.
1: Yep. That's correct. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: That's really amazing. So, uh, and, and so congrats to to you for that. Congrats to them for that. Um, you obviously did a great job of leading them and empowering them and giving them the confidence to be able to, to keep the ship running. And that's, that's not a small feat. I want to know, did you experience any fears or doubts? Like, was there any resistance? Was there ever any, a point where you kind of like, you know, thinking to yourself, like, This isn't going to happen. This is a bad idea.
1: Yeah, I don't think up to the event because we were kind of all on board. I think probably – when you do something like that and you're that close with your family and that those close close quarters for that much time, probably there was a few moments along the way where that kind of came up. Like I, I mean for me it was just incredibly livery. I just enjoyed being out of the office and not having to be, you know, tied to my tethered to my cell phone. Yeah. So probably about you asked about when it became really real. I would say on the trip itself, it was probably about it was probably about it was only after we left the Badlands. We were literally just driving across the you know the open freeway in Montana. And I'm like, it was just a beautiful, crystal clear day and blue skies and the white clouds in the distance. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm driving a. Big old RV down the road and just, you know, experiencing freedom. I was like, I can't, I told him, I can't believe we're doing this. I just can't believe we're doing this. And it was just the greatest feeling. Like it was just, it was just so fun to be out there and God's green creation and the blue sky and no humidity. And, no, and for me, just no stress, really. I mean, I just, it was just me and the family and just the RV and the miles. And it was a lot of fun.
0: No stress. Yeah. And you talked about being in Montana and just this feeling. You talked about freedom. Yeah. Um, And that feeling that that comes with that, you know, the other, the other thing I've been, I've asked a few other folks that have uh, come on to the podcast is, um, you know, we throw around the word awesome Mm -hmm. all the time, but the root Mm -hmm. of that word is awe,
1: right? Yeah. When
0: you're out in nature, you just talked about it in Montana when you're driving along. Yeah. And um, Google defines awe as a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love that definition. And I'm curious, like, did you did you have those did you have some awe experiences while you were
1: out there? Oh my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like this this country is so and I'm I'm on the east coast, obviously. Yeah and I've been to Colorado, but I had not been west of Colorado besides flying, you know, to the west yeah. coast and, and uh being in different cities. But yeah, no, it's just amazing to see, you know, just all these amazing mountains, all these beautiful, archi- you know, archi- uh, just architecture of, of the landscape and just the, the mountains. And, I mean, it's just all inspiring. You feel really small when you're in the Rocky Mountains and you're looking up at a, you know, 10 or 12,000 foot mountain. I mean, it's just a bigger scale. And because the trees don't obscure the view like they do on the East Coast, you know, you could feel pretty small in a hurry. But yeah. back, to, back to the doubt side of things, it was kind of funny. We, when we were on the trip, it was probably about 30 days in the trip. Uh, I think the kids would have a bad head to head, a little bit of a, you know, just back and forth with each other. It's funny. They each had their own sofa, you know, they're six feet apart, but they still found ways just to needle each other. So yeah. you know, my, my kids, you know, still aggravate each other. They're friends, but they aggravate each other. And it just was stressing my wife out for me. I'm just using yeah. to drive down the road, no problem. But uh, she's like, I just can't wait to get back home. I'm like, we're 30 days in. We still have six, <laughs> you know, five or six weeks ahead I was, You want to go home? She's like, yeah, I'm ready to be in a house that doesn't move. And so it was kind of funny. We had this little, like, really? You want to be home? I'm like, I could be out here for a <laughs> year. <You laughs> this, know? Is, this, this
0: is sounding this like is, a Griswold moment. Yeah, no absolutely. Little <laughs> yeah, a little
1: Griswold moment there. So, But, uh, you know, so I kind of, I kind of had the juggle and just balancing and making sure that, you know, my wife's needs were met. And sometimes that meant that, you know, we got to a campsite and I wanted to go do something and she just wanted to hang out, just hang out under the canopy of the RV with a book in hand no agenda. And, and we figured that out. It was great because I would just take Josh and my son and we would go do something and she was very content. And it was okay that we split up for the day or just did different things like that. One of our favorite days when we got to Grand Canyon because there was, you know, there was a bus trolley and my kids are old enough to kind of go off on their own. So it was funny. All four of us went different directions that day. <laughs> and we kind of convened back again that evening and and we all shared our experiences and it was just a great day and it was just kind of fun because we kind of gave each other space. Absolutely. And, uh, That's the word together. I was yeah space. and it was it was actually really good so so we yeah. found ways to adapt you know because you do get kind of annoyed you get annoyed with with your family members when you're that close for that that no doubt it's
0: happen. it's close quarters and it makes yep. sense that you guys would take some time to just have your own space for a day it actually sounds sounds pretty nice yeah um, there's probably some awe experience in that
1: yeah yeah for sure so yeah
0: so carl um now that you're back sure. I, I guess i'm curious like on two fronts how did the trip change you like immediately? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've had some time to reflect on it. It's been a couple yeah. of years, now. Two years like, now. What's, what's been the long-term impact of having accomplished, setting this goal, accomplishing this goal and taking the goal.
1: Yeah. Boy, I think, I, yeah, great. I, you know, I think for myself, just sort of being able to set your mind to something and accomplishing it. And then the other thing I learned is that, there's aspects of my business that I don't have to micromanage or have my fingers involved in everything. Like I think it taught me how to delegate better to my staff. Like, you know, Carl doesn't have to be the guy answering the phone or dealing with every little minutia of a transaction. Like I've got good people that I can delegate that to. And so then just setting, just like I set the expectations with my clients before I left, look, I'm not going to be available. I don't have a phone. You know, here's, here's Nicole, here's Aaron. They will take good care of you. So just that aspect of, you can set that same expectation when you're in town. Look, you know what, Aaron's going to take care of this for you. She's going to be better at it than I am. Yeah. And uh, so, so I'm, I talked about my staff making me look good, but, but part of that is me letting them, you know, uh, do their job and, yeah. and, and, and fulfill the role. So, so I think just learning how to delegate and how to let go of some things was something I can, I could take you. I don't have to be out of town for that to happen in my business. That was one th- lesson. I think the other thing too is, you know, I just, I'm a better person if I take some time off. And I think since that time, I try to take a little bit of time off. If, if not, um, you know, at least, at least for a day or two, every other month, try to take a little trip somewhere. For me, if I just get away, get out of town, just get away, I can kind of clear my mind and I come back focused and I come back much better Versus just staying in the minutia of work every single you know week, week in, week out. So I try to take four to five days every three months at least. And COVID, of course, has just screwed everything up a little bit. Right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to going to Aruba next week and wow, uh, just spending nice. five days. You know, again, my wife and I's 20th anniversary, and just spending five days away, kind of unplugged. Like, I'm, I'm gonna leave my phone with my assistant again on that trip. So yeah, yeah,
0: man, it's incredible. These are these are great life lessons. So, um, you know, for people that are listening, yeah, you had this mindset, like you started planning 10 years ago, right? Like this is, this is a big deal. I mean, ultimately you said you ended up saving a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and that was, you know, you still had the RV that you bought. You had to put some money into that. Like, I'm sure people are listening, thinking like, wow, like that's a lot of money. I could never yeah. do that. Like, so first question is, was it worth it?
1: Oh, absolutely. So one of the things that happened when I came back, and again, this is all pre-COVID, and I bought this RV and I put a little bit more into it than I thought. Like I said, I probably had about probably fifty-five, fifty-seven thousand dollars into it, and and on paper it was worth about sixty thousand bucks. So we get back, we get back uh, in Labor Day of 2019 and i popped this thing up on the market in september we got it cleaned i had to do a few little repairs pop it up on the market well in the meantime the rv market for the used rvs just kind of dropped there was there was tons of them and i ended up selling it for about you know fifty thousand bucks and i was kind of bummed like ah and i lost ten thousand dollars in this rv but my friend uh, reached out to me and said, "Carl, you didn't lose any money. It's like you could sell that RV for zero dollars, and it would still be worth it." Yeah, and I was like, "You know what? That is great perspective." Because the reality is, that experience that we did with our family—it was—it wasn't about the money necessarily. It's about the—it's about the experience. I think my mind and my uh, capacity increased tremendously just by being away. And I came back fired up, more fired up than ever to be in my business to make it better. I mean, you identify pain points when you go through a transition like that. You kind of identify what the challenges in your business are and and also you know you see opportunities when you're out there traveling around you're talking to different people you're experiencing different things in different cultures in different parts of the country and you see as an entrepreneur you know you kind of see opportunities and um so yeah i think my mind expanded it certainly was really good just to unplug and i, I just really enjoyed that experience tremendously
0: I, I couldn't agree more about this the that that mind expansion the the the, the awareness that you gain when mm. you travel it's Mm-hmm. You know, just to experience different places, different cultures. It's awesome. All right. So let's say that somebody wants to go on a, an epic trip, but mm-hmm. um, they didn't start saving 10 years ago. Yeah. What, what's your advice? What's your advice for people listening that, you know, that maybe have some reasons why they think they can't do something like this. You
1: know what? You, you'll find a way. I mean, that's just, it. if you set a goal, you'll, you'll find a way. And I, I read, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of adventure books and I, I'm amazed at these these guys and gals in their twenties and, early 30s who have no job and are just broke you know and they figure it out like they might be they might be hitchhiking and they might be uh kind of winging it on the kindness of strangers but i tell you what they you find your mind you'll find a way and i think if you set a goal and you put it in front of you you make it happen it's almost like the universe will conspire to just sort of make it happen. And, and, you know, you mentioned a hundred thousand dollars and that sounds really crazy because I'm self-employed, but you know, for somebody who's, you know, on a salary of $40,000, like that seems crazy. But again, I mean, we had the goal, we started with $7 a week and then it turned into $20 a week. And after that, that number kind of went up. But the reality is, is because the goal was there and I had time, like it's almost like the resources kind of happened because I was so focused on it. And then, and then when the opportunities came, you know, you, you, Tend to find what you're looking for, and so when you know when a two thousand dollar bonus check came up, well, great, let's put that towards the trip. I mean, you know, again, it'd been easy to spend that somewhere else, but let's put that towards the trip. And so, I guess I would just say, set the goal, put a date on it, and you know what, you, you'll find a way; it'll happen.
0: You will find a way. I love it. I mean, the focus is incredible, but it's, it's great advice. And I mean, it couldn't be more true. So, all right, a couple of quick questions, and then we're going to wrap things up here, Carl, this, you, you got an incredible story and you know, Hollywood's going to make a movie about you. (laughs) And and I want to know who they're going to cast to play you in the movie about you.
1: So you tipped me off to this question, and I'm drawing a blank. I had no idea. So I pulled in my staff. And so <laughs> Yancey, my marketing director, she was quick on the draw. She's like, Chris Evans, who played Captain Chris Evans, Mercedes, yeah. Chris Evans going to be. Captain America, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be your actor. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was
1: flattered, you know. Why not? Oh, that's
0: fantastic. <laughs> hey, I mean, traveling around the United States, you might as well be Captain America. I love it. Save some lives while you're out there. Carl, what's your movie going to be called?
1: You know, I I struggle with this one as well, and I don't really have an answer, but maybe I'll just go back to what I just said. You'll find a way.
0: You will find a way. Oh, I'm going to watch that movie for
1: sure. Yeah.
0: So Carl, you have an amazing real estate team in Lynchburg, Virginia. If people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. Or, um, you can just Google Carl Miller Realty. It's Carl with a K, Carl Miller Realty. You'll find our website. Uh, our contact information is on there. You can uh, hit us up at our office anytime. Call us or email us and we'll, we'll take good care of you. We're also on social media. We have, we have a, a Facebook and Instagram page, Carl Miller Realty.
0: Thank you, Carl. This was super fun. I, you have inspired me. I'm sure you've inspired listeners, um, setting big goals and just getting laser focused and then you know living your dream. It's incredible. Um, I hope that you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Carl's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to go create one, please send us an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thank you for listening. Carl, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Scott.